Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Friday, September 10th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Busy weekend on tap with both the NFL and college football, but we'll get you in and out in less than 10 minutes. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian alongside Joe Fortenball. And Joe, we always talk about key numbers and beating the market, but for those who beat the market on teasers and got the one and a halfs, it certainly rewarded those last night. You know, I'm glad we had the opportunity to discuss that on Daily Wager. I believe it was Wednesday because with everything that was taking place, you saw it sitting. It had moved from Tampa minus seven and a half to eight to eight and a half. You and I had a conversation at the top of the show of the importance of making sure that we were not going to be teasing from nine down to three. And I hope the listeners got that. And I hope they continue to learn this process because it feels like if you were on Twitter last night, there was more conversation about teasers that I've seen in quite some time. You and I have obviously been big fans of them for a while, but for people who are just getting into the water, you know, ultimately this is new territory for them. So I'm hoping they're learning a little bit and I'm hoping they're realizing the idea of teasing through two key numbers. But to your original point, uh, for those who were teaser heavy, we were very fortunate last night with the way that ended in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And eliminator pools as well. So those who uh, certainly had to sweat it out because I think this week one was tough. Um, But we're going to talk about more college here, but we just had to kind of put a bow on last night's uh, craziness. I mean, fumble inside the uh, five-yard line could have led to a cover on uh, uh, all the eight, eights, eight-and-a-halves, and even pushes on the nines. So a wild, wild game with a lot of sweats, including your first half on the McCarthy questionable field goal attempt that almost gave Jeez. Brady and the Bucks three points. But let's switch gears to college. Not quite the hype of ranked matchups like we had last week, but a couple of interesting ones. Um Oregon at Ohio State. So, uh, as I said earlier, the school that's associated with shoes goes to the shoe. 14 and a half. <laughs> uh, I like the Ducks, or at least, at least lean to the Ducks and the team total over here. I think Oregon's going to be able to get some points. Minnesota, just that bad defensively, let Ohio State come back. Um, but Oregon does belong in the field, unlike the Gophers. I'm playing the over here. It opened 58 and a half. It got bet up to 63 and a half, and it's been sitting there for a few days. Uh, If you go back to what Ohio State did last week, 35 points in the second half when they got their legs under them. C.J. Stroud's debut, uh, that was to be expected. A little bit of a a downer in the first half trying to find their way, and then they exploded in the second half. Now they come home. They have extra time to prepare. They're in front of the home crowd. I don't think the offense is going to have a big problem putting up points. Uh, Drew Mathis, starting linebacker for Oregon, is out. Kayvon Thibodeau, who should be a top-10 pick next uh, spring, one of the top pass rushers in the country. He had his ankle rolled up on in that Fresno game. He's been day-to-day uh, throughout the week. It does not look good. Even if he plays, he's not going to be 100%. So Ohio State's going to get theirs, in my opinion. Question is whether or not Oregon, with the early start time here coming across the country, can get theirs. And we watched Ohio State last week. They had some problems in the secondary last year. Last week, they gave up over 400 yards to Minnesota and 30-plus points. I think Oregon will do enough to cover this. I thought it was going to be a little bit more towards 68 and 70. Uh, so I was a little surprised to still see it down around 63 and a half. The, the over is going to be the play for me here. 
Yeah, it's all about overreacting or not overreacting to the, what you saw in week one. It's the, the dilemma of like, hey, do you have to be fluid and make the adjustment? Or do you uh, just kind of look at it as a blip on the radar? Iowa, Iowa State, another example, top 10, first time ever in the Cyhawk, Cyhawk rivalry, both schools. In the top 10, Iowa State barely gets by an FCS school. Iowa looks great against Indiana, wins by four touchdowns. I lean Iowa here, but it's not so much what happened in week one. I think Greg McElroy said it during the summer that Iowa State's defense is not really built for an offense like Iowa win the trenches, so to speak. It's much more built for Big 12 aerial attacks. I'm going to grab the four points here, but it's not an overreaction to like just week one and how bad they looked. No, and I would agree with that assessment because Matt Campbell as the head coach at Iowa State has done a tremendous job, but he's known for stumbling in September. And that was a total look-ahead spot playing Northern Illinois against with Iowa on deck. So, no, I don't think that's an overreaction at all. I think you're assessing it the way you need to. Uh, Iowa a bit surprising with how good they looked against Indiana, but I know some people coming into the season thought Indiana might be down, so maybe not a total shocker. I've been ping-ponging back and forth on this one, which ultimately means I should be staying away. Beginning of the week, I kind of liked Iowa. Later in the week now, I'm starting to lean towards Iowa State. Ultimately, it's going to be a stay away because there's no result that can take place. There's no path to victory that can take place that's going to shock me here. Iowa's defense has gone 23 straight games with allowing, without allowing an opponent to top 25 points. They've been good, and this is going to be a tough matchup. Iowa's had a lot of success here. They've won five straight in the rivalry. They won four straight in Ames, but this is supposed to be Iowa State's year. So ultimately, a lot of word vomit, no pick. All right, good stuff. Uh, so that covers the main games. You also like a play at the big house. This, we've had some significant line movement after last week. Again, Washington losing outright as a ranked team to an FCS school. Washington at the big house. This feels like your overreaction game of the week. Washington was the two-and-a-half-point dog for the games of the year lines. They opened as a four-point dog for this game, and it got up to as high as seven. And there are still some sevens out there, although the six-and-a-halves are starting to pop up again. Few notes here. As bad as Washington looked against Montana, defense still looked really good. 13 points allowed, 232 total yards. I know a lot of people will say, well, it's just Montana. Well, they lost the game, but the defense did their part. And Michigan, for as good as they looked against Western Michigan, they were able to run the ball at will. That's not going to happen in this game. Ronnie Bell, the team's best offensive player, punt returner, wide receiver, he's out. Season-ending knee injury last week. And if you look at the weather, there's some wind in the forecast for this game tomorrow night in Ann Arbor, which could wreak havoc on the passing attack. Totals around 48.5, very low total for a college football game. I lean to the under. I also like seven in my pocket with Washington. I think this is that game where everyone's going to overreact to what they saw in week one. Do we forget the fact that a lot of people like Washington to win the Pac-12? Maybe they don't do that. They had some injuries at wide receiver last week. I think this is going to be a lot tighter than expected. So I play Washington and I play the under here. Okay, I got no opinion on that one. Uh, in terms of your favorite play, we're going to talk a lot about it. Daily Wager 6 Eastern on ESPN2. And we have tons of write-ups on the chalk section of ESPN.com. But what's your like favorite college play this weekend? To jump out, NC State minus one at Mississippi State. NC State's had a couple extra days to get ready for this game after shutting out South Florida last Thursday night. It's South Florida, but it's still a shutout in week one. That's impressive. They run a 3-3-5 defense. Three defensive linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. That's the type of defense that can cause problems for an air raid passing attack like what Mike Leach wants to do at Mississippi State. Mississippi State was really sloppy last week. It was just one game, but we saw that all last year from Mike Leach as well. Six turnovers last week against Louisiana Tech, 12 penalties, very messy on third down. I like NC State to get the job done. I'm laying the point there. 
It, it opened around Pickham. It went up almost as high as two and a half, three. Now it's come back down. I'm going to be on NC State. I'm also going to play the under 56 and a half Texas, Arkansas. Two teams that want to run the football. Texas ran it last night, last week, 42 times. Bajan Robinson is one of the best running backs in the country. Arkansas ran it 44 times last week against, um, I'm blanking, Rice. And that was despite the fact that they were losing or tied for most of the game. That was 17-17 going to the fourth quarter. Texas's defense was surprisingly good against Louisiana. Only allowed 18 points. 56 and a half feels too high. I'm going to go under Texas-Arkansas in that game. My top play is an over late night, so maybe some bailout. Game. Yes. Uh, ASU hosting UNLV this line just feels too low. I'm on the first half over. It's probably my favorite angle. But I just think the Rebels will get some points. They're going to Doug Brugfield as their starting quarterback. ASU should be able to name their score against that Rebels defense. I, I just, I think a 30 and a half, 30 in the first half. It's real cheap. That's five scores. And then I'm laying a combined 35 points with three favorites uh, elsewhere with South Alabama and Temple, both against the worst of the MAC. And then Nebraska laying 13 and a half or 14 against Buffalo. I don't love this card. I have a feeling my three plays in triple option will be one and two. It is what it is. Uh, there's a lot of like ugly dogs I just didn't want a part of. I didn't want Tennessee plus three and a half. I didn't yeah. want South Carolina plus two. Uh, there's just a lot of line value that I just didn't agree with because I'm such kind of like the old school eye test handicapper. So I just didn't want to get involved with some principal games like, oh, an SEC school catching points to the ACC at home. Like, I just didn't want to get involved. I'd rather just beat up on Bowling Green and Akron and see what happens. So that's where I stood. I may throw Utah in a teaser as well. Again, college football teasers, not something we recommend often. But when you have a total in the 40s and you think the game's going to be closely played, there is a justification through going through key numbers like seven, seven and a half, if you like it enough. Again, only a couple times a season I'll do this, but there's some opportunities here, maybe paired up with a Sunday NFL game. Uh, you do have to pay the NFL juice on teasers, if you, even if you just do one NFL team. But uh, such is life, especially if you want action on that on that showdown in uh, Provo there. So that's going to do it for us. Anything tonight real quick before we let the people go? If you need to dabble a little bit, I'm considering UTEP plus 26 at Boise State. Boise State's off a loss last week against Central Florida. So you're probably going to get a good effort here. But they do have Oklahoma State on deck. So keep that in mind. And with Brian Harson leaving Boise for the job at Auburn, he, he was a quarterback whisperer at Boise State. He was really good with quarterbacks. And, and that team looked terrible last week. They got up early on Central Florida, and then they had nothing the rest of the way out. 26 points is a lot. UTEP's already 2-0. and Yeah, it was against Bethune-Cookman and New Mexico State, but they're better this year than they were. 26 feels high. I'll play the minors for a little bit there for some Friday night action. Funny, I'm on the first half, Boise, a little as well. And I actually do like Kansas plus the points. I don't think they're Woo. horrible. I think Coastal's a little overrated. Uh, that's a big number out there. So I'll grab the points there um, as well. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us. And again, Daily Wager, 6 p.m. Eastern. And also Sunday morning, we're back. 6 a.m. West Coast, 9 a.m. Eastern. We're on ESPN News this particular Sunday, but we'll set the table for the first full Sunday of the NFL regular season. 